How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Panel this morning consists of Richard Nola, of course. Uh, he's from the press down there in Christchurch. Uh, also a very noted uh, rugby writer as well as uh, pretty much an expert on a lot of other matters. He's been around uh, quite some time. Uh, Kimberly Downs, of course, of TVNZ fame and Kimberly... Of course, you are still, I think, in MIQ. And uh, a few days ago, you'd have been looking forward to a couple of nice meals at the viaduct, a couple of Chardonnays, you know, get out and about. And you're going to get out of MIQ at some stage and you've got to go straight home. Uh, yeah, that about sums up. It's actually, you know, I'm hoping I'm seeing if I can stay a bit longer because it's quite nice having three meals a day delivered given the circumstances but that's all right that's all right no um these are the realities of the world that we live in currently aren't they so that's okay we're uh, we're bracing to exit lockdown and go into another lockdown it'll be all right Kimberly uh, it's been announced yesterday that uh, cycling and New Zealand and high performance sport New Zealand will launch an independent inquiry uh, into uh, the what happened with uh, Olivia Podmore and into their organizations in particular they want more transparency I would imagine uh, perhaps uh, not the only body uh, looking at doing this, um, just in hindsight. Yeah, I would say so. It had to happen, didn't it? Really, you can't have something like this happen and not have an independent review uh, into how that came about and some of the factors that might have led to it. I'll be interested to see. I think they're releasing the framework next week. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see some of the specifics and the details of what is, of, of what is going to be included. Uh, you see as well, uh, some of it is around how effective what's been put in place since the Michael Heron inquiry um, took place back in 2018. So that'll be really interesting to see as well, because of course a lot of what we've heard since and in the wake of Liv Palmore's tragic death is that not much changed and what had changed was really paying lip service to kind of some of the things that were put in place in the wake of that review. Um, and like you say, it's wouldn't surprise anyone, I don't think, if this had much further reaching consequences, particularly into other elite sports, because not just cyclists who deal with pressure at the very top end and at lower levels as well, realistically, but athletes across all sport, and we've kind of seen commentary from various athletes across various sport about us in the last week. And so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was much, much further reaching consequences and, like you said, potential for further reviews and, and how things, and a shake-up of how things work and how we view elite sport. Yeah, Richard Nola, that, it's an interesting point there because, you know, we just assume everything's hunky-dory, everything's nice and smooth, 
till something like this goes wrong. And this is the extreme end of going wrong, believe me. Um, so, you know, it's it a, a real sort of prod in the arm, a, a kick in the pants uh, for all organisations. You, you assume everything's fine with rugby, you know, but we've got some very high-profile men's and women's teams these days. Uh, you know, do, you, do you assume until something happens they just sit there or, or are these measures constantly being looked at? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the first thing is there's a large degree of trust. I think an athlete would go into these high-performance programmes trusting the people that are running them are going to get it spot on um, and also they are going to manage them with dignity and respect. The other side of it is it is high performance. So you're expecting results. I mean, it's tough. Um, you are there to perform. And I think anyone who goes into those programs knows that's what's required. But that you've got to balance it. You're dealing with human beings. Uh, everyone is sensitive to criticism. Anyone who says they, they're not and then has got a thick enough skin to handle it probably is perhaps a little bit unique or not quite being honest. Um, what is disturbing around this is with with the Heron report that they had, the Heron review in 2018 for Cycling New Zealand, I mean, this should have been addressed. Um, it, it just staggers me that there has to be a tragic situation like this that has taken place and now they're saying we're going to do it again. And then what will be really key, I think, is they're going to have an independent inquirer, who that will be, um, how far-reaching, how deep they want to go into it. I mean, it has to be really a forensically detailed investigation, getting right to the bottom. And as you say, I do think it'll go across all sports. Um, and rugby, you know, we'll probably deal with that as sports journalists in New Zealand to some degree. And we all know that they have, um, I think they call them, development managers like every super rugby club has them um they have a person assigned and i'm pretty certain 100 percent certain they are paid for by the players association so you have um these development managers they deal with the players or athletes as i like to call them um and it's their job to manage them it's their job to be i my understanding is that someone they can go to if a player is having problems, whether it be mental health issues or even injury issues that they want to talk about, that they may not be comfortable going to the coach or manager of the team or whatever. So this is nothing new. Everyone is aware of it. Um, I guess the major concern going back to Cycling New Zealand is that they have already had an inquiry a couple of years ago, and yet you have a tragedy like this happens. Um, and then it goes back to the trust. Imagine being a parent. If you're about to, to send your kid into this program, you're going to think, okay, um, how? I mean, we know it's going to be tough, and the kid will expect it to be tough, and they know that they're there to perform. But just exactly how are they going to be treated? And that, that's the major concern for me, I think, is that perhaps if there hasn't been any learnings, I mean, I don't want to be too jumping the gun before another inquiry is made, but that's that's the real issue. Just why has this happened? Is anyone not listening? Um, and if they haven't been, then there really do need to be ramifications. And I think we're going to have to see, uh, you know, Raylene Castle get heavily in, involved in it, and I'm sure she will, but she should be demanding answers, I think. It's, it's something that's uh, going to drag on for some time yet, I suspect. Uh, Richard, where's your money, uh, the rugby championship? Whereabouts, you reckon? Oh, yeah, I saw the news coming out. Uh, well, I, I quite like the idea of going to the Northern Hemisphere because... Uh, just with everything that's happened in this part of the world under COVID, I mean, clearly we, we won't see the All Blacks here again in New Zealand, I don't think, unfortunately, with uh, 
you know, what's, what's happening here. And now the uncertainty around Australia. And um, I, I, I quite like the idea of going to the North, Northern Hemisphere if they can lock down grounds, get the whole competition up there um, and get it going because there's so much uncertainty if they do go to Aussie, uh, you know, with the latest news around what the Premier said in, in Western Australia um, in terms of quarantining, you know, with the All Blacks coming from New Zealand would obviously be affected. Yeah, I look, um, probably the, the major thing will be when, a, what time the game's going to be staged. Um, I'm thinking of time zones for New Zealand and South Africa and Australia, obviously, and Argentina being taken into account. Uh, can we get them so Kiwis are getting up in the morning and watching a game over their breakfast or whatever? Um, the idea of getting these teams playing in front of crowds, I like the idea of that as well. Like, let's say if they do go to Aussie and they are going to play and they say, well, hang on, we're not going to have crowds or whatever, but if we get them into the Northern Hemisphere, and we're all, you know, we've seen in, in England, obviously, the crowds that they've had at some of those football games. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to like about it. And I like the fact that Sanzar have been nimble enough to come out of the, think out of the square, so to speak. Um, I'm not sure how far down the track this is, but I don't see too many negatives in terms of the environment at the moment. I mean, obviously, in, you know, pre-COVID times, we'd love to see the All Blacks playing here. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive about it. We'll, and we'll see how it goes. Richard Nola with us uh, with uh, Kimberley Downs, uh, members of the panel this morning. I'll come back uh, to Kimberley very shortly uh, on uh, perhaps that issue as well. And uh, at what point do we bite the bullet and just get on with things in New Zealand? Can we afford to do that? Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yes, we're continuing with the panel here on SENZ with uh, Richard Nola and Kimberly Downs. Kimberly, I'll, I'll come to you now. Um, the possibility of uh, you having to hop on a plane now and, and go to the UK to cover the All Blacks uh, for the next six, seven, eight weeks. Uh, what about that? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it sounds like a good plan to me. Get me on the plane. Are you paying for my ticket? I'll, I'll be expecting a business class upgrade. Thanks very much. Um, no, I've, I've got to say, I'm, I'm much with Richard in the sense that I don't see too many negatives about it. And I think for me, the main one, and I'm, I'll confess, I'm a bit of a rugby romantic sort of person when it comes to this, but the one that I've, the test that I've really got my eyes on here, right, is that 100th test between and the Springboks. You just want it to be on a stage that seems fitting for the occasion, given the history of the rivalry, given the teams haven't played each other in so long. It's all set up to be such a remarkable test match. And with the greatest of respect to our friends over in Western Australia, Optus Stadium was not quite doing it for me in that regard, I must say. Um, so I do think in, in that sense, at least, if it can't be held, obviously, in New Zealand, um, in over in Europe, you know, you can imagine Tottenham or something like that would, would at least be a fitting stage and somewhat more inspiring. Um, so, I, yeah, in that sense, it's kind of you're, you're picking the best out of some not ideal options, and that probably is, is the best one for mine. Kimberly, uh, we, we spoke to Tom Walsh earlier this morning, and Tom, of course, has uh, now gone from the Olympics to uh, the Prefontaine Classic in Oregon in the USA. Uh, it's an event that uh, is going to be played out in front of crowds, etc. I spoke to him. He said Americans are just getting on with it. Uh, I know we're at early stages in this particular lockdown, but will there be a point where New Zealand sport and the government, etc., just have to say, let's get on with it? Oi, that's getting into some dangerous territory, isn't it? <laughs> um, oh, 
Look, I mean, I don't think New Zealand sport will get much of a say if last lockdown is anything to go by. That'll be entirely dictated to by the government and what stage we are at. And unfortunately, I mean, it's it's one of those awkward catches, isn't it? Because we would all love in lockdown to have a huge amount of sport to just be able to sit back and watch and take up some of the day and enjoy because it is such an escape. It's one of the beautiful things about sport. It is it, it just it's a great way to kind of get out of the grind of the day to day realities. Um, I mean, I think we're lucky this time that at least as we go into lockdown, there's sport happening that we can escape with, so to speak, happening around the rest of the world. As for here, I mean, how long is the string? How long does the lockdown last? Until the government is confident it can go ahead safely, I can't see it happening, which, you know, for mine, in, in terms of a uh, very selfish sense, my brilliant Taranaki MPC team are currently 2-0, and and I'd hate to see this halt their momentum through the season. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling for them. Well, we can uh, stay on that theme as we head down south to Richard Nola because is the is the gap closing? Is the gap closing on the famed Canterbury side uh, pushed to the pushed to the limit by Manawatu, uh, beaten by Auckland? Um, it's it's a poor start, Richard. What's going on down there? Oh, I think Ian. I think the gap closed a while ago. Um, last season wasn't great for Canterbury. Uh, there was a few rumblings around the red and black fans, that they weren't too happy that, uh, you know, things didn't go too well. Uh, and this year, I tell you what, uh, firstly, I was very impressed with Manawatu and, and their, their willingness to attack and, and what they wanted to do with the ball. Um, Canterbury got a lot of work to do, uh, probably keeping it in context to weave it. They did have quite a few players out with injury and so there's a, you know, there's a few sort of, well, one of the better words, sort of big guns to come back. Um, but they have got likes of Cullen Grace. You know, he fleetingly played for the All Blacks against Argentina last year for a couple of minutes. Well, he's, he was excellent in Super Rugby last year. Probably didn't go so well this year. Well, he's gone for the season with a shoulder injury, or clavicle, my understanding. So um, it, it's quite a blow for their back row. They didn't have Billy Harmon, who's a very good fetcher. You know, he was with the Crusaders, and then he went down with the Highlanders this year. He was excellent at the Highlanders. Um so, you know, Harmon is yet to come back. Um, Tom Christie's out for the season. There's another feature gone. He was in, injured for the Crusaders. But outside of that, uh, their depth has been sorely tested. But they do have uh, a pretty good academy program um, through the Crusaders, and they, you know, they're pretty proud of it. And whatever's happening and coming into the team, there's some pretty good talent. But it's not they're not going so good at all. And... Yeah, they have to dig their way out of this hole. Um, they've got coaches in Mark Brown and Reuben Thorne. You know, Reuben obviously is a former All Blacks captain. Um, so they're the sort of the, you know, the crux of the coaching crew. They have got to find a way out of this. Um, and it's just the detail, you know, just with their, their line-out accuracy and that sort of thing. I mean, even when they played the previous week against Auckland, I don't know if you remember, but crikey, they were down by a heap of points at half-time and they did well to claw their way back in, but... When you looked at them, you think, mm, I don't think they're going to win this. So it's good for the comp. It's actually very good for the competition. But I would suggest those glory days of when Canterbury won just title after title after title. Um, <laughs> I think we have can see they're in the sunset now. I mean, it's for a couple of years they haven't done it. And hopefully we can get things going again after this COVID. And, uh, yeah, I would say they've got a real battle to get in there. And for you, 
folk that like to have a flutter at the TAB. Um, yeah, you might be pretty bold, I suggest, to think they're going to win the title at this rate. So these are the tip. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly Downs, uh, just head across the netball for a moment. We uh, had a fascinating interview with uh, Emilia and uh, Ekanasio, mm. who has moved from the Pulse to the Magic. And everyone's sort of not denying things, but no one's really been uh, out there and saying it was because uh, she was unhappy, desperately unhappy. Uh, and they were sort of not, not being that supportive down there at the Pulse. Have you read anything dastardly in behind this, or is it all up front? Oh, I wouldn't say dastardly, but I do think that you could probably read between the lines a little bit and what's been said and what, more importantly, hasn't been said. Um, I think certainly when Amelia is talking about how she's found the magic to be a more welcoming, family-friendly, supportive environment... It's hard not to read into that, um, which is not to say that the polls are not that. She's had a lot of good years with the, with that team, and we know, you know well, I've spoken to her on a number of occasions about how much she loves that team. But in terms of where she is right now, she might just be finding that the magic environment offers her a lot more. And then uh, watching the news actually last night, my colleague Dewey Priest. Um, very good reporter down in Wellington and his story, um, which alighted on some information that I hadn't been aware of at the time, which was that the Pulse contract offer for her was actually in the second tier um, when it came to salary. And so I'm sure that probably paid a part as well, because the reality is, you know, the financials are a factor. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think everyone's probably politely saying without saying that maybe she was being offered more support at the Magic than she would have been at the Pulse, but I think money probably paid a part as well, and that's fine. I mean, all of those factors go into making decisions about where you move for your job, and that makes sense, and at the end of the day, hopefully it'll make for a much more competitive Magic outfit. I mean, I hark back to their the glory days when I actually first started covering them and they had Casey Corpora in there and Leonard Brain and, you know, those that wonderful defensive circle and they were Laura Langman as well, actually Dame Nolene Todor was coaching them at the time and they were winning titles and at that time it was the Trans Tasman um, title as well and so it just, yeah, it, it would be, it's a great get for the Magic because she is an incredible player um, and I would expect that even after she's had her second child, she will remain an incredible player. Obviously, uh, her leadership capacity um, is right there at the top end. So it'll be interesting to see how, at the end of the day, this actually does shake things up in that netball competition. Absolutely. Kimberly Downs, thank you so much for your time this morning. And to you too, Richard Nolan, down there in Christchurch. The main thing is uh, stay healthy, stay well, and uh, we'll hear from you again on the panel uh, very shortly. Uh, some good news when you come back. Some good news off the wire uh, here on SENZ. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.